Episode of Ho in the Know. I am Selena the Stripper. I'm here with Clover. Uh, Clover. Uh, lucky little Clover. And we are continuing our um, episode on So You Want to Be a Stripper? Question mark, exclamation point, exclamation mark, question mark. Could not say that for the life of me. Um, so we only got through like three questions our prior session. Um, oh wow, this chair is really squeaky. So now we have this segment called Historical Hoes, uh, a, a historical synopsis of those historical hoes out there. Shout out, you historical hoes. Uh, and today we are going to talk about Malcolm X. And uh, this article came from uh, Hornet.com, and they're, they're using some uh, information from a Guardian article. Um, yeah, so let's get right into it. So you may not know this, but uh, Malcolm X did some sex work. Uh, in New York, two of Malcolm's friends from Michigan remember bumping into him at the YMCA, where Malcolm bragged he earned money servicing, quote, queers. Um, different time, different language, although we still use queers, but not in a pejorative sense nowadays. Uh, later, Malcolm worked as a butler to a wealthy Boston bachelor, William Paul Lennon. According to Malcolm's sidekick, Malcolm Jarvis, um, he was paid to sprinkle Lennon with talcum Wait, powder. Does it actually say Malcolm's sidekick? Yeah, it actually <laughs> says <laughs> sidekick. Um, I know, but they didn't even say friend. They just said sidekick. Um, but they said he was paid to sprinkle uh, Lennon, Paul Lennon, with talcum powder and bring him to orgasm. So it's just pretty interesting. Um, so it says uh, Malcolm's homoerotic encounters may not have been entirely financially motivated. Um, he seemed to have kind of masculine insecurities and, and he was ambivalent toward women. Um, people want to say that he might have been secretly gay, but I won't put that on him. Maybe he's just bisexual or maybe he was just making money. Whatever. The man hustled and uh, he's an icon for so many reasons. And um, shout out to him for being an amazing uh, <laughs> radical black leader and also a sex worker. So that was our sec our segment, Historical Hoes. Shout out Malcolm X. Shout out Malcolm X. Starting off strong. <laughs> mm. um, okay. So last week we kind of ended uh, with talking about like your first shift and uh, we got a little bit into dances we like discussed the differences of like where a vip is versus where like a single song is or versus where a set is um so there's a lot of different prices and i think it's really important whenever you're like shopping for a club to get to know the price variation because there's going to be like prices that are like maybe your the most expensive dance price at a club is like a hundred dollars and you're only getting like 50 or 60 of those dollars mm -hmm. so do you, you're going to have to work harder and sell more to more customers to make more money versus some clubs you know where the most expensive dance is a couple thousand dollars whoa a couple thousand yeah yeah is that like more than an hour um, it would be, I think it's it's like an hour. So like Hustler um, at some places has this thing called the Lodge and the Lodge costs like $2,000. And mm -hmm. 
and it's like a private room I think with like champagne and you know mm-hmm. like they're getting like the cheapest fucking champagne it's like that cheap ass champagne you can pour on these hoes oh. like <laughs> I mean it's not like that like they're actually probably like enjoying drinking they're it. drinking it yeah. and stuff like that and they probably have like other beverages but yeah I it's mean, like can you pour champagne on a person at the club I think that they like th- would just <laughs> that kind of thing mostly because it's messy and um me as a hoe i don't want champagne poured I mean, on me it'd be sticky afterwards it would be really sticky and i mean of course that's why we have like our arsenal of baby wipes though honestly if i got a one thousand dollar dance or something or a couple thousand or some however much yeah i feel as though i kind of throw in the towel or something <laughs> just be like fuck it like yeah that was let's cool. just like do it you know like pour it pour them (laughs) (laughs) like i know if like if if like pouring champagne is like your biggest fetish then like let's i can roll with that (laughs) Mm. yeah so um so yeah they have so some clubs will have like so hustler has this thing called the lodge and it costs like two thousand dollars and i think you get like two girls and i think you're in there for like an hour or something so then they have to split that money um, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's so... Well, I think it's, like, a 1000 per girl. Like, this is what you end up getting, like, your cut. Oh. Or maybe it's it's more... I'm, like, not quoting it Who properly. Who gets to work at this club? This is like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whoever auditions there and gets accepted. But, like, there's not hustlers everywhere. And um, so, like, hustler is, like, also part of... It's, like, an offshoot of, like, the Deja Vu chain. No freaking way. Yeah, it is. So it's, like, partially owned by, like, Larry Flynn and, like, a bunch of other guys. So, like, the weird thing about strip clubs is that a lot of the guys who got into it, aside from, like, Larry Flynn, are, like, real estate developers. So people who, like, were interested in the real estate aspect of it or, like, they saw, like, the business model and that it was a business that accumulates a lot of revenue. And they were like, oh, like, I'm fabricating these businesses for like other people why don't i just purchase my own club and make the same money or like make money off of it instead of selling it so so larry flint's a real estate well i mean he's more involved in like the porn industry and things like that so he's kind of like a separate thing but i mean i'm sure he has his hand in real estate because like it's an international chain and that shit makes so much money so yeah i mean larry flint is definitely a controversial figure and he's I would say, I mean, I don't keep up with him because he just gives off, like, the most predatory vibes. But he's also been, like, a strangely, um, like, pro-sex work advocate for a lot of things. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he's, like, fought. I, th- I, I like, am not... I'm looking at his article that says, Larry Flint offers $10 million in quest to impeach Trump. I know, like, he has some, like, weird things that I'm like, okay, I can vibe with this. But he's also, like, this old man, like, making profits off of the labor of young women. Yeah. So it's like he's a questionable figure, but he's also... his gold wheelchair. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's, like, bawling so hard. Like, I kind of want to include some of these pictures. Um, Maybe, like, I'll include them in a post if you're interested. Um but Larry Flynn is like advocated for I think like decriminalizing sex work and also like taking down some of the legislative boundaries around like opening strip clubs and things like that. So um, controversial figure, but uh, you know a mixed bag. There's I, a 1996 film called The People versus Larry Flint. 
Wow. <laughs> so like, it's like, <laughs> wait, 1990 what? Six. Okay, so it's like People versus Larry Flint, and then after that, People versus O.J. Simpson. They're like, how about we just like copy-paste this whole article? <laughs> yeah, wow. Or this, uh, this movie title. There's an American flag over his mouth. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you should pull up his wiki page because I'm, like, interested in uh, actually getting some real facts because right now there's uh, no real facts. This is uh, me trying to remember articles that I read ages ago and uh, misquoting things. So, dances. Dances, we've got semi-public dances. Um, So, dances are going to be different depending on what club you're in, like, topless clubs it's going to be fully out in the open um bikini clubs they may not even have dances um the interesting thing about some like topless clubs is that how do they make money at bikini clubs um just stage 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 um talking to customers selling drinks it's definitely like you you go down in prices if you're in like a bikini club for the most part but it depends because like people if like the establishment is serving alcohol so people are a little bit freer with their wallets and of course like so much of being a dancer is cultivating these relationships and talking to people and like whenever people have that emotional bond to you like they're willing to spend more money like that's Mm. why I'm like very I'm all about like hustling that GFE that girlfriend experience yeah and um so, I mean, I have never worked at a bikini club. I've worked at a topless club. And the interesting thing about the topless club was that, so um, you had to wear, like, your full bikini whenever you're giving a dance. And then um, on top of that, you got, like, 100% of your dance price, but the dances were only $10. Oh. Yeah, so yeah. it was, like, way cheap. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, how am I going to make any money if I'm only working for, like, $10? That's a yikes. Yeah, so the majority of money was supposed to come from stage. And it's definitely, like, one of those clubs where, like, you watch girls and they have, like, garbage bags full of money type things. Like, people want to make it rain at that kind of club. Hmm. Um, But it it depends, though. Like, there's definitely some, like, topless clubs that are really, like, not amazing. And there's not a ton of money on stage. And dances are priced really low. So there's going to be a lot of variation, and it's important to do a little bit of research or talk to them and see what the monetary variation is before you, like, commit yourself to being at one club or another. Um, Okay, so touching or no touching, do I have to have some gross guy touching me? Hmm. That's a good question. It is. I'm Uh, still figuring that one out. Well, I mean, okay, so the thing about dances is it's, like, your rules, your parameters, and guys will get fussy about it because guys are endlessly fussy about everything. Mm. Um, So they're going to gripe at you and try to be like, oh, well, I don't want it if I can't touch you. Mm." Yeah, or they'll be like, I don't know, like, whenever they get in the room, they'll be like, oh, but you weren't, like, for real. Oh, but you weren't for real. We're alone (laughs) now, like, I can just... (laughs) But we're in love now. This is a relationship. Mm -hmm. Never mind the money that I just spent on you. Um, It is a kind of relationship, but it is a financial relationship. They really won't get that, a lot of them. No, they really don't. Um, So, I would say... Even the ones that you think get it. I know, right? (laughs) You're like, wow, how are you so dense? Like, I verbatim told you exactly what I'm willing to do. Some of them have even told me, like, oh, I understand that this is just, like, a fabricated experience. But then, like, 
they're they're all like oh but I mean we have a connection (laughs) (laughs) oh but we have a connection I can tell like you're actually turned on by me yeah yeah definitely and it's also like really funny whenever okay so like if you're naked um, and at our club we're fully naked so like I'll sit on somebody's lap and like I just have like vaginal discharge and (laughs) and it's just like well, that's just part of my cycle. Like, yeah, for real. <laughs> like sometimes I'm just like wet, and then other times I'm like a fucking desert, and it's just like it's completely unrelated to my level of arousal. It's just like me and like drip zone level. Yeah. Also, sometimes like, I'm just dripping. Sometimes you're just dripping. You're just on that drip, <laughs> and then sometimes those drips are secretly like menstruation. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so far, not for me. Yeah. I mean, well, it's gonna it happens inevitably. I don't know if I'm gonna go to the club on the first few days of my cycle because it's I just didn't, messy. I didn't for the longest time because it is really messy but like sometimes I'm like fuck it and <laughs> and sometimes I'm like whatever you know like it's not gonna be a big deal also the kind of amazing thing is like whenever you're working at a club for long enough and all of the girls have synced up so like we're all together and we're all on our period (laughs) oh my god it's kind of hilarious actually that happened the other like when i was working at spearmint everyone was on their period and this guy came around and he was there to like try to eat people out and my (laughs) (laughs) my thought was like literally all of us are bleeding (laughs) i know like what a fucking surprise (laughs) Like, even if one of us was like, yeah, let's do extras today. Like, no. (laughs) Like, no. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, okay, men don't think about that. They're just like, oh, well, you're in this, like, crazy, like, fantasy land where your vagina is not just, like, doing regular vaginal things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) They're like, oh, you must only come in whenever you're very aroused. (laughs) No, I only come in when I very much need money. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, this past week, I swear, everybody was on their period and we were all just, like, bloated and like a little bit sensitive and it was like really sweet because we were like oh my god i'm on my period too i love you like i love you so much girl oh my god yeah it was it was like a beautiful moment and like we all just be like oh you need a tampon i've got a tampon bathroom mom always has a tampon at our club bathroom mom. shout out bathroom mom who's really the goat like she's here with for us not all clubs have a bathroom mom or a bathroom attendant Mm -mm. It's honestly, like, kind of a luxurious thing, and, um... She sells even outfits. She sells full outfits. She sells stockings, garters, any kind of jewelry that you want. She sells... Makeup. Makeup, baby wipes. Other cleansing things. Hair oil, cleansing spray. Um, she's got... Uh, all kinds of perfumes, candy. There's, like, some girls who like to dance on stage with a lollipop in their mouth, and oh. it's definitely from our bathroom lady. I oh. want to sh- shout her out, but I don't want to, like, blow share her, her name. I don't want to blow her up, you know. Um, but I Mama, know you know. First name. Yeah, Mama. Mama, you know. <laughs> and she's always there, like, comforting us. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's been some drama going on because this one girl who's, like, she's such a baby she's like 19 and she's dancing and Aww. and i'm just like oh baby like be careful with yourself it's a hard industry and like to just jump into it um it's like i mean people have to do what they got to do but 
it's she just like has some some like um, substance issues right now, and she's been having like emotional outbursts, and everybody's just concerned. So we all like get together and we're like, who's taking care of her? Like, is she gonna be home okay? Like, did she get an Uber? Like, let's make sure she has keys oh. to her house. That's so sweet. It's like such a group effort because like we just I don't know. Not all clubs are like this, and that's why I love my club because it's like such a family experience. Like, my last club was pretty cold. Yeah, sometimes it's just, like, some bitches. But anyway... I said hi to someone, and she just looked away from me. (laughs) I introduced myself, and she just kind of, like, looked down. Oh. And then, like, looked away. (laughs) Ice cold. (laughs) Um, But I don't want to get into that yet, because that is definitely, like, its own section. Yeah, yeah. So, so touching or no touching, um, say it up front before they buy the dance. Be like... Um, I dance on you, you don't touch me. Or even, like, whenever you get, bring them for the dance, if you don't want to, like, have a problem selling the dance, go over to the dance booth after they've paid or whatever and be like, you can't touch me, I only touch you. <laughs> after <laughs> they've paid, that's so funny. Yeah, fucking yeah. rope them in. I mean, <laughs> you gotta hustle, and, you know, it, like, in the end, like, they're lucky to even be in your presence, to for be honest. Real. You gotta have that mentality. You gotta I have f- such a bad mentality going into things. I'm just like, man, all these other girls are so hot. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't even know how to dance on stage yet. Like, what's I a dance What's yeah. a dance? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you really have to, like, go into full goddess mode and just, mm-hmm. like, look down on these men. Yeah. These fucking peons. No matter how new and no matter how bad you are at things still, I think you should still look at it as though you're the best stripper in the club. You definitely should. You have to have that, like like big clit energy or you won't hustle you really won't no because i downsell myself don't downsell yourself i mean it's really hard to like to do that um and it takes time and like you got to just kind of forgive yourself for not being like 100 percent the most amazing at this like mm. from the get-go it takes time and it's a skill to like learn how to hustle learn how to value yourself and uh, maximize your um, profit for your time input and all of that and it's like a lot of emotional energy so you know give your, cut yourself some slack because customers are dicks they are <laughs> and they're just like I mean god the worst customers are young guys like oh, oh my gosh like they come in and they're like, oh, she should want to dance with me mm-hmm. because I'm a reasonable, I'm like a young man. Yeah. And I'm not a crusty old man. And Some I'm of like, them will say something like that. They will definitely, they'll be like, I bet I'm the best looking man that you've like danced with tonight. And oh here I am buying God, a single or like a matter. twofer and like, tipping you $5. <laughs> yeah. Like all of us are pretty cute. We could go and it's like, date. Uh, yeah exactly oh the the light flipped off oh nice that was my hair <laughs> that was your hair shout out to clover's hair <laughs> yeah it's like oh my god young guy like i really could care less like mm-hmm. i am so disinterested um and but i hate the hottest that. thing ever is money exactly like, money makes my pussy wet mm-hmm. <laughs> actually it doesn't Nothing like in this you know seasonal changes make my checks. pussy wet <laughs> oh <laughs> the, the time of the month like right <laughs> like a week or so after my period that makes my pussy wet that's true ovulation makes my pussy it's wet a- you guys 
Um, money, you know, money is definitely amazing, and I will definitely be so much happier to be in your presence if you are paying me. God, I could like almost fall in love with you in like a, in a <laughs> right? weird way. Yeah, right. Like there's just like something about your generosity is arousing. Mm-hmm. Something a, about how much you value my time. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, something about the way you don't try to shortchange me and like actually participate in a respectful way with my work makes me aroused the worst thing the least arousing thing is like the club saviors oh my god the fucking captain save a hoe like you're too good for this like you could be doing anything else like you're so smart why are you doing this a lot of us are doing other shit yeah we're (laughs) doing a million fucking things like i know some i know a dancer who was like a neurobiologist. I know a dancer who's like in real estate. I know dancers who are studying to be like RNs. Like I know dancers who have degrees. I know dancers who know five languages. Like there's mm-hmm. no standard stripper. There's like all kinds of strippers doing all kinds of things. And just because like, you know, maybe she isn't doing all of those extra things doesn't mean that she isn't intelligent. Or yeah, or that she needs saving. Or that she wants saving. Yeah. God. Some people actually like this job too like yeah a big thing i think is that it's just so cool like i'm endlessly impressed by the girls at the club yeah there's just something like incredible about the level of talent i saw a girl climb up the pole upside down and then start walking around the ceiling (laughs) (laughs) i was like that's the most impressive thing i've ever seen oh my god like watching different girls do like death drops or like do like full body lifts and shit like that it's just like that's incredible or like watching someone like convince a reluctant guy to spend six hundred dollars and then tip her an additional four hundred dollars on top of that Mm -hmm. i'm like the salesmanship salesmanship. is is like incredible (laughs) do you want to like move a little to the side i'm gonna move a bit (laughs) oops boom boom (laughs) um but it's just like so impressive we had to do like a little move right there guys uh pardon the noise so so like set your boundaries up um ahead of time with the touching or no touching guys will definitely try to like test you but mm-hmm. just remember you can walk out of a dance at any time i feel like, like veteran men they tend to touch less though and i like that because they're like yeah i've been here a lot and girls have said no don't do that <laughs> <laughs> they've like they've received like some social conditioning Oh, my God. So, like, that is such a huge thing. Um, Young guys have not been socialized to understand the rules of the club Mm -hmm. or, like, what is going on. Like, a lot of times they go in, they have, like, some romantic idea. They think they can save a hoe. They think, like, oh, like, maybe I'll find a girlfriend here. Like, da-da-da. Like, oh, maybe she's enjoying this and just wants to, like, talk to me because I'm, like, a reasonably, like, young guy. Like, literally, it's just, like, the preface is just, like, young guy. Like, not Mm -hmm. an attractive guy. Not like anything just just young and Mm -hmm. like you it takes time to be conditioned to realize like this is an enterprise these women or people they thems non-binaries trans people are working for a paycheck and our time is valuable and also we're not like okay broadly across the united states like people are independent contractors by and large here in la like people are employee status But, I mean, they still get fucking screwed over with club fees Mm -hmm. and tip-outs and shit like that. So, like, people who are not adequately compensating us for our time are just garbage. 
just yeah. like full trash and um so yeah and then i think that's another thing that like women at the club don't understand because we will definitely get like women who come to the club with their boyfriends or alone like a girl party like yeah. oh bachelorettes we're gonna come hang out have some fun with strippers dance mm-hmm. along with them and it's like no like stay home (laughs) stay home unless like you have like at least a hundred dollars to like spend and be fucking generous like throw at least like five dollars which is like the fucking minimum that you should be tipping on stage Mm -hmm. like if you're tipping stage and you like somebody throw like 20 throw like 50 throw 100 like the five dollars if 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 the cost if what you're throwing on me is like less than a decent meal like just think about that (laughs) think about like you're buying me maybe like a cup of coffee and you feel like that's generosity and like that's no that's not how that works (laughs) i had a guy that just sat at the stage and then got mad when i didn't come to talk to him after he didn't throw any money (laughs) he didn't throw any money it's like you want my attention like (laughs) pay me like tip her We're working. We're working. It's a job. Exactly. And you should know it's a job. If you're at the club, you consent to the fact that you're, like, a patron and not... You're a patron. And also, like, it's not just that you're, like, in the club. It's that you're paying for the environment of the club. Like, this utopian place where hot girls walk around in bikinis or naked or in sexy lingerie, whatever the fuck we're wearing. And flirt with you. And flirt with you. We're talking to you. In normal life, we would not talk to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> people don't understand that. Like, men always, like, want to come up and, like, say hi and, like, get everything for free and blah, blah, blah. But, like, No like not interested in this case like you're able to like come and you can talk to us and we won't shoo you away we'll like give you time we'll like Mm -hmm. sit close to you i'll rub your chest i'll hold your hand i'll rub your chest i'll (laughs) hold your hand i'll be like i like i haven't felt this special in so long you're so sweet you're so sweet oh my gosh and i never knew i was beautiful I'll text you back, maybe. I maybe will text you back. If you're good. I'll put my boobs in your face, and Mm -hmm. they're fucking amazing boobs. Like, 10 out of 10 boobs. Yeah. I'll rub those boobs, like, jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. I'll, like, maybe put my ass near you. I'll, Mm -hmm. like, sit in your lap. Like, this is all, like, primo shit. I'll I'll grind on your crotch. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) these are all incredible benefits, and... And, like, even if you're not getting a dance, like, just being in that environment with, like, hot women who are talking to you, who are close by and flirting with you, is, like, the experience that you're paying for. Getting to watch us dance on stage is something that you should be paying for. It's, like, if you went there and none of us were there, it would just be shit. So you should be, like, paying us for the ambiance if you're not even buying dances. Mm -hmm. So, like, be clear. Like, to be clear. Yeah. Whenever you've spent your money, leave. (laughs) (laughs) that's it you're done you know the ride is over it's like you don't hang out at Chuck E. Cheese after you've like spent all of your tokens and shit yeah yeah like you buy some more fucking tokens or you leave because it's just like what are you doing here Mm -hmm. anyway so touching or no touching set your boundaries ahead of time yell and uh, just like be firm with them and if they don't respect it then walk out yeah you can walk out you can walk out 
And I mean, even if your club has issues with it and they're like, you could have handled that better, I really just think, always think about how there are so many clubs, unless you're in a small town. But I mean, you can always go to a new club. Yeah, go to a club where people respect you, mm-hmm. where where you're not just like devalued and um, because they exist, because there are like local clubs and there are clubs that have decent management that care about the workers. So really like make sure that you shop around and find the best fit for you because you have a lot of autonomy and being able to choose your workplace as a dancer. Yeah. Um, so as dance prices increase, do I have to do more? Um, no. No, you don't. Um, and But I think also, like, so there's this whole kind of world of quote-unquote extras. And extras can be kind of anything depending on who you are. So extras could be being able to touch your body like is somebody able to like touch your breasts or touch your hips or whatever like that could be an extra and you could be like okay well if you want to touch me you need to tip me at least twenty dollars or um extras could be like making out with somebody Mm -hmm. if like that's something that you're down with maybe like maybe you have like a hot customer that you do want to make out but you would rather make out with them for like sixty dollars yeah. So you like throw that out there. You're like, okay, I'll make out with you for like sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, touching can, or sorry, extras can be. I mean, it depends. Like, it could be letting somebody lick your nipples. Mm-hmm. It could be. Um, it could be like getting fingered. It could be a hand job. It could be a blow job. It could be full sex. There's such a fucking range that extras is like a very vague term. So your extra that you offer might just be like you can touch my body. And so then you, like, just set the price, and then that's extra. (laughs) Just, like, say, that's extra. Mm -hmm. So figure out, like, what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And don't go beyond your boundaries if you can avoid it. But also, like, forgive yourself if you do because it's a learning process, and it takes time to to figure out your boundaries Mm -hmm. because societally, like, we're conditioned as AFABs to be complacent and to allow men to do what they want with our bodies and to feel like we're obliged to, like we're owed them something, when that is not in any way the case. But it's a lot to get over your societal conditioning. It is. And, like... I don't know. It's kind of hard, I think, to initially be, like, feel firm in yourself and say, um, you can't do this, this, and this, or something, um, because it kind of almost, like, seems to break the mood, or you might worry, oh, maybe they won't buy this dance or something, but, um, and so I feel like when I started, I was kind of just like, oh, sure, you can, like, suck on my nipples, and I didn't say you should tip for that or something. Mm-hmm. I think that happened for like three dances, and then I was like, "Ew, like this is just like, <laughs> like fucking uh, awful," and I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's really hard, and there's like a lot of pressures. And the thing about like being a new dancer is that like men will always try to tell you that there's like a standard mm-hmm. of what you do or what like a dance consists of because men always want to fucking educate you on your job. Yeah, it's some. Cr- crazy just like misogynistic bullshit like paternalism yeah and like you know your job you are working your job and you're allowed to like set your boundaries and don't listen to these men whenever they tell you like oh if i take you for a vip that means that you got to grind on me until i jizz in my pants yeah like it's like they really will say they will say something like that and you just have to realize that men are always full of shit like yeah and they'll also be like 
don't you know like I've I've experienced all of these things someone's I've had sex here I've had sex in the room over I've like I don't know they'll say all of these things as <laughs> they'll though be like, that's oh, just at this me. club like you should know like this is what the girls do mm-hmm. here and just like no it's it's just some garbage that they're telling you and like you're totally in control of like what you're willing to do and if they don't want to buy the dance with you then fuck them like someone else will someone else will and it's all so just like you know make peace with the fact that you're not going to be sell be able to sell a dance to everybody because somebody's always going to want to do more than you're willing to do and you just got to be like no that's it that's the line somebody else is going to come along and it's going to be okay a big thing I think is realizing that people specifically want you Um, and so you've got that special sauce yeah so they'll want I mean even if you don't provide extras they still will want to dance with you specifically and some people have said um, that it's really hot that I don't provide extras Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I mean it, it is definitely like people appreciate innocence just as much as they appreciate somebody who's like willing to do more and I really don't want to hate on like people who are providing full service at the yeah. club because like there are very few spaces where full service sex workers can provide services and have security and like that's kind of the beautiful thing about the club because mm-hmm. you can have a private room if you want to have sex with people you can and there's going to be security out there there's going to be somebody making sure that you got paid ahead of time like everything is like regulated if somebody like in some way hurts you you just tell the bouncers and they will beat the shit out of that person yeah. And I've seen it happen before multiple times. Whoa, literally, like, they beat them up? Yeah, they beat them up. I've, like, watched, like, five <laughs> bouncers, like, jump a, jump a guy, like, beat him and come back all bloody shirt. Oh, like, my bloody God. Shirts. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. It's real. Um, if you're a man out there trying to screw somebody over, just, like, watch out, guy. Don't do it. <laughs> watch out, guy. Don't yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, so... You know, oh, but the way that you can say it, I think it's just, like, really easy to rip the Band-Aid off. If someone says, I want to get a dance with you, um, just like Selena was saying, either right after they pay or even before. Lately, I've been saying it before, but I might start doing it right after they pay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I say, okay, just so you know, I don't do extras, so that means, like know this know that and know this mm-hmm. um you can touch my boobs and you can touch my ass yeah. and if you tip me like at least 40 dollars or i i increase the price depending on how long the dance is yeah depending on how long the dance is depending on how much you hate this person or how you tolerate the person well yeah i generally just increase it depending on the price like yeah people overall like i'm not that like i'm not that interested yeah i don't care <laughs> Yeah, like, honestly, like, how you look. I space out during every dance a little bit. (laughs) I'm just kind of like, okay, rotate this time. Okay, slow motion with it. Slow motion with it. (laughs) Grind, 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 grind. (laughs) And I only, like, tune back in. Like, sometimes I'll have a conversation if the music isn't super loud, like, in the 30-minute rooms and and such Mm -hmm. um you kind of have to almost yeah you kind of need to like figure out ways to draw out what you're doing like Mm -hmm. you know like whenever the time starts take time like getting undressed or like taking off your shoes or whatever like you know getting them into the right position be like oh you're on the side of the couch how about you sit in the middle of the couch Mm -hmm. perfect you want to take off your shoes awesome belt whoa perfect whoa okay okay where do you get those shoes nice sounds very expensive (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway uh so 
You don't have to do more as prices increase. Don't. So not don't even think about it. If you don't want to, don't don't even. Yeah, don't even. <laughs> if you don't want to, don't even. And like baby step your way into things. Like it's just gonna take time. But if you do want to, no shame. And if you kind of like doing it, I don't know. That's cool. Yeah, it's also like damn. If you can like it, then that's like fucking ideal. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are just like holding their breath through it, and that's why oh, a lot I'm of, holding my breath. And a lot of people are like drinking through it. And I mean, I would definitely suggest like working sober. Like I said in the last episode, because you don't want to lose track of your money and you don't want to be taken advantage of and you don't want your boundaries to be pushed Mm -hmm. so I mean I I definitely advocate for working sober but I mean if you like a lot of people don't because it's hard but I think you know like I think it's awesome that people are providing full service not every guy is looking for full service like I had a guy say I can't believe it this lady just offered me like sex in this club (laughs) and like who knows how many guys she's offered that to and that just freaks me out (laughs) yeah yeah definitely like a lot of guys are like that and then I have another guy who's like I like this because it's like you know just a turn on because if I were to have like real sex then I would come too quickly I'm a premature ejaculator (laughs) like like, great word 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 word. you know like I'm like perfect just be here for like that turn on like be here and like some guys are like oh I'm married like I can't be too bad like because I love my wife i'm like perfect Mm. like i don't want to be too bad either (laughs) (laughs) but shout out to full service sex workers at the club you guys are really the a team you're amazing i admire so many of you for that hustle for that dedication also i hear some wild stories from my customers and i love it i'm like this is amazing um it's honestly hot like whenever my customers are like oh yeah like this girl was like, I'll do anything with you. I'm like, awesome. What did you do? Please tell me details. <laughs> and he'll be like, she stuck her finger in my butt. I'm like, wow. Hell yeah. Stick that finger in that butt. He was like, I wasn't sure because like, I don't know how clean I am right now. But she's like, I don't care. I'm like, yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. The adventure. Uh, the, the Just like the amazingness of it. Um, I mean, honestly, like as a person who it's like people with vaginas just don't have like a world of sex work like for them like that's dedicated to them and our our bodies and stuff like that like there's not a lot that's dedicated to vaginas or just like other genitalia it's like really very penis centric it's like sometimes I want a happy ending massage Mm. like sometimes I want to go somewhere for full service sex work but it's like a lot harder to find it's not like something that's like a dime a dozen kind of situation Mm. so I have so much admiration and um I think also, like, it's important not to get too competitive with the full-service sex workers because, like, they're doing their own thing. People are going to want their own thing. They're going to want you for who you are um, and just, like, that you're their type and maybe the girl who's providing extras is not their type. Like, mm-hmm. we're all humans. We all, like, have different levels of attraction and we're not everybody's just there to, like, fucking beat off. Like, yeah. there's, like, a million different reasons that people come in and a lot of them are emotional. Like, a lot of them are emotional or romantic. Oh, my God. Yeah, a lot of people are, like... Like, I talked to this guy and he was, like... I was, like, why are you here or something or I don't even know if I asked and he was just like I come here a lot because my marriage is pretty rough everything's really bad at home yeah yeah no <laughs> so I, I come here for therapy yeah it's like I had a guy who's like my wife and I are trying to get pregnant I love my wife so much she's amazing but she's just not attracted to me anymore and it, and I just I need like some level of intimacy and touch like mm-hmm. I just I don't get that and I love my wife she's so smart she's like brilliant I admire her and our marriage 
there, just like great. Oh my but god, that's like depressing. That's yeah. really depressing. It's so <laughs> common. It's really so common. Another guy came in and he was like, "Oh, like I, I am in a." a great relationship now but like my wife like I know I, I tried to text her earlier but she didn't text me back so which means she's probably passed out on the couch after drinking white wine all night and watching Bravo I'm like oh. damn bro <laughs> yikes. <laughs> yikes I mean you know relationships are complicated and anything that involves like two people spending time and like making concessions and all of that like you're gonna you're gonna compromise and you're gonna you know, it's it's complicated, and I feel like it's not my place to judge. And I think a lot of people just want, like, some level of intimacy, whether or not that involves, like, full sexy stuff. Like, it doesn't involve penetration. Maybe it doesn't involve chising in your pants. Maybe it doesn't involve whatever. Sometimes it's just, like, holding somebody. Like, uh, this past Saturday, or one of the Saturdays, not this past one, the one before, some guy came in and he had like been on vacation and it just sounded like he had been on vacation alone. And uh, he was like, yep, I'm leaving tomorrow. And so I, he, I was like, you wanna dance? He was like, yeah, I'll take a dance with you. And then we got to the booth and like for the whole set, it was like a three song set. He, we just like held each other. Like I just hugged him. And it, it was just like, he was like very, I don't know, like I could just feel like the sadness on him like this weight of like emotions mm -hmm. and I just like knew that he wanted to be hugged and I was like I could be grinding on you and dancing but like I just feel this like I have a body intuition that that's not what you want right now like what you really need is a hug and I like asked him midway through I was like do you like want me to dance on you and stuff he's like no this is perfect this is all I wanted <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you know, you never know what it's going to be and you never know what people are going to want. So don't feel bad whenever somebody tries to push your boundaries and you have to say no because mm -hmm. there's going to be other opportunities. Yeah. <clears throat> so I want to get to um, some questions um, before we end this episode because we've got maybe like 20 minutes approximately for this episode. So here's a question. Coming, okay, so this is from a listener. I'm not going to shout out names because, um, you know, I mean, I don't know if you guys want me to tell everybody your screen name, blow up your shit, so let's just <laughs> keep this private, as most sex work is. So uh, here's the question. Coming from a conservative family background, how do you handle the stigma of being a sex worker? Are you out? How did you get over the judgments of your family and friends? Do you want to start, Clover? Oh, um... Or I could start. Yeah, you could start. Okay. So, I am fully out to fucking everybody. Um, I, my mom knows. My dad knows. Um, I didn't tell my grandparents because they're really old. Like, my grandma died last year, um, and my grandpa is just really old, and it's a complicated relationship with them. But my aunts know. My cousins know. My friends know. My high school, people from high school know. It's like everybody. Um because it's like part of my social media presence. It's part of something that I advocate for because I believe in the destigmatization of sex work and sex workers and I think it's a labor issue and I think it's something that the more people who are out there and talking about it, um, the better. The more transparency we have, the better and the more likely we are to have like proper, um, just like our ability to advocate for ourselves and our labor rights is just that much stronger whenever more people are out there and speaking and I look up to so many like out there strippers and stuff like um, 
I want to shout out. The, uh, I want to say like the real Giselle, some the real Giselle Annette. Like she's out there advocating for the stripper strike in NYC um, because bartenders are doing some bullshit out there. I love um, Jack the Stripper. Um, she's amazing. I love. Um, uh, exotic cancer and the art she makes because it's so real. <laughs> exotic cancer? Yeah, exotic cancer. Is she cancer. a cancer? I think she might be a cancer and you should definitely look up her work um, because it's just like kind of grimy and I love it. There's And there's like a million fucking amazing strippers who are out there being like advocates and entrepreneurs and talking about stuff and I wanted to be part of that because it's important. It's so important. Um so how did I handle the stigma? Um, it's an ongoing process. I definitely have moments where I feel like a real imposter going into situations where I'm hanging out with like like doctors and lawyers and, and all of that um, because, I mean, there's a lot of stigma. As much as I am constantly in contact with people who are doctors and lawyers and engineers and stuff, like they make up the bulk of my clientele. So I'm constantly, like, keeping up with these people in, like, a professional sense. But whenever it comes to, like, just hanging out with, like, a mixed group of people with, like, more... With, with professions that people consider to be legitimate, um, it's definitely something that I struggle with. As far as my family goes, I really don't give a shit what they think about oh me. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I really could care less. Um, my mom cried, and my dad... Or my mom... And my stepdad, like, cut off my cell phone service whenever they found out. And I was really fucked because, like, I was literally at the club whenever um, oh he cut God. it off. And I needed to call an Uber home. And I, like, was just stuck without service and I couldn't call anybody. And so it was, like, a really shitty situation for him to do that and put me in, like, extra danger thinking yeah. that he was, like, trying to set me on the right track or whatever because yeah, that was obviously like, not helping. It was, like, the only way that they still had any control over you. Yeah, it was really, like, the last thing. And then, I mean, as soon as I started dancing there, like, I just didn't need them. Like, I was making ample money to support myself and everything and, like... And now I'm completely, like, financially independent. I have a lot of savings. I, like, can afford to take care of myself and take care of other people and fucking bankroll shit. So um, I got over the judgments of people by... I mean, I, I'm not over it, and I just know that, for me, I just have to be out there and speak my truth and, like, see what happens, you know? Like, the more I have conversations with the people, the more minds I'm able to change, and the more I'm able to, like, change the way that people think about sex and sexuality and and work and working within sections, sex and sexuality. So, I mean, it's an ongoing struggle, and it's, like... For me, I'm lucky because I never cared about what my family thought, um, I've never been concerned with their opinions, and I don't have that relationship where I'm, like, afraid of disappointing them. Um, but I know for other people, it's, like, much more complicated, and there's a lot of emotions, and you don't want to disappoint your parents. But it's kind of like it's a profession where you probably are going to face their disappointment, and it's hard. But in the end, they have to respect you, and if they're not providing, like, financially for you, then, you know, like, it's their decision to be in your life or not you know mm -hmm. and I think we're not LGBTQ I mean there are definitely LGBTQ dancers and I we consider ourselves to be part of that but it's also like it is its own kind of coming out 
because every time I talk about it, it is a coming out experience where I talk to people, I have to come out and tell them that this is what I do, and there's a lot of opinions and a lot of discrimination and a lot of, like, either unsolicited, like, sexual advances or things like that that, you know, people will just feel entitled to do or, like, very um, intrusive questions that people feel willing to ask me. So it's, like, it is a lot of an emotional burden. And sometimes I don't talk to people about it, like strangers who I don't want to invest that emotional energy. I won't because it's just not worth it. And my time is valuable and my emotions are valuable. And it's really important to me to have that, like that sound like mental state. So I don't always tell people, I don't always come out, but whenever I do, I do have a, I have to have a real conversation with people. What about you, Clove? Um, I am not out to my family. Um, I usually just kind of say, like, oh, yeah, I strip. Like, when people are like, what are you up to lately? Um, And I don't know. Like, I I don't want to come out to my family mostly because, um, in part, I like to not involve them in my life. <laughs> um, I think in part, I don't, I don't like them or need them in my life. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just kind of like, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be doing a lot of pretty disappointing things generally. And, <laughs> um, like, outside of stripping, I guess. Um, yeah. And also, it's just like, I don't want to have to deal with the drama of it. Like, I know that they'll make such a big deal, and it's, like, it's not worth it to me to have any conversation. Oh, my God. My our, my aunts had, like, this intervention for me where they, like, took me out on a walk and tried to convince me not to be a stripper. And I was like... like <laughs> think right now. What are you talking about? Like, well, what do you think? Um, I am currently stripping and it's fine and I'm happy <laughs> yeah yeah um but I mean it's also like you know I come from like a very religious family so it's like you know it's the something that people may want is like to eventually find acceptance from their family and the truth is like you're probably not going to get it like mm-hmm. it's a generational difference it's an ideological difference you really have to like change the way you think mm-hmm. and parents are not really at that point a lot of times um a lot of like feminists are not either because they're not of the same generation as us so they're like in the point where like well if you're being objectified that's a bad thing and there's no exceptions to this rule and there's no way that you could have any like autonomy or agency in that yeah um and i feel like aside from that well i mean some parents I think I've heard of... No, because even the parents that are like, oh, sex work is pretty cool. Like, um, your friend's parents Mm -hmm. or, like, your friend's mom. I don't know if you remember that. And she was, like... um, I don't remember. Your Canadian friend's mom. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's like she she loves my Instagram page and she's really pro me doing it. But like whenever it comes to her son, she's like, no, don't do it, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, don't do it. You're better than that. And then he'll he's like, but you just said that you respect my friend and you like what she does in her online presence. Why not me? So there's like always this kind of, like it's it's really hard for a lot of parents to wrap their mind around and you I know think, you just yeah. like you can't expect that of your parents just like you can't like my mom's biggest concern like I thought it would be the moral um, aspect of it um, but she was a lot more or like like one time when I brought up stripping I guess she was a lot more concerned about like the safety of it and just that men are very scary and they might follow you home yeah um, they might like m- somehow like stalk you and dig up your information and then like ruin your life um, and she was like it's it's just the safety of it there isn't safety and um, so that's like kind of a, a thing I think that parents grapple with aside from um just sort of sex work i think a lot of it's like the safety concern of it yeah um and there's just like a lot of danger it is definitely like we face like a disproportionate level of like safety risks from like assault to abduction and the other thing is like law enforcement does not give two fucks about no. whenever we're sexually assaulted like they treat our like rape cases i like mean if nothing. the you're well, how are you dressed argument. Like, it's super. really, yeah, it's exactly, it's like the, well, how was, how are you dressed? Like, did you go out alone at night? Did you talk to a man and all? Like, and the answer to all of those is just like, well, yeah, and I was dressed, like, in nothing. I was dressed in nothing. <laughs> yeah, and I'm in an occupation where I am selling, like, some level of like sexuality experience like they're like okay well you're disqualified from any legal action um and we don't care about you yeah that's really the fucked thing and that's why like so many like sexual assaults that happen in the club are unreported or just uh, there's no follow-up like it's not like we're able to have, like, the same level of Me Too power that other movements mm-hmm. have. Oh, my God. The other thing about it is, like, the amount of, like, men who are, like, this is my strip club name. I won't give you my real oh name. Oh, my God. Yeah. The number of guys who are, like, I'm Dandelion. <laughs> they don't understand that this is just a dangerous job. Like, we, they think we're being cute. Like Yeah, they think we're being cute and oh, that it's, it's not, like, like a safety star concern. Name. Yeah. This is my DJ name. This is my stripper name. It's so that yeah. I don't get stalked yeah and they're like well i wouldn't do that because i'm not that kind of guy can't you tell i'm like no i really can't some guys are like i told you my outside of club name and you're still keeping yours a secret what's the deal and i'm like are you you kidding me fuck you (laughs) fuck you (laughs) no like it's it's a safety concern i have been stalked by people online like people have found my real name same. And it's like it's crazy, and I hate that. It's like unfair that people try to violate my um, privacy, my privacy, and my security. Like dancer names exist, and another sex worker like pseudonyms exist for our protection. And it's not just like to be cute and to add like flavor or whatever to our persona. And it's not just because like we're putting on a persona. It's like legitimate safety concerns if you want to skip that whole conversation though you can just pick a really basic name one that looks like a name that you'd be named yeah because when i was going by sophia 
no one ever asked me about yeah. it. Yeah, that's why I always go by like regular, like quote unquote lady names, like because I don't want people like asking me like what my real name is. It's easier to like kind of have that like suspension of uh, what is it, suspension of disbelief? disbelief? Yeah. Um, whenever you have like a, a probable name um, mm-hmm. versus if you're named like Diamond or or Ecstasy or something. Um, hmm? Do you know the stripper at our club? Yeah, yeah. The one that's like new and doesn't wear makeup? Yeah. I like that about her almost. It's like kind of adorable, even though it's like, of course you can do that. Like. Yeah, well, there's there's definitely like a couple of girls at our club who don't wear makeup. I mean, they're white girls, but... yeah. You know, it's a different ball game for white girls. It is. <laughs> she just has to show up naked. Yeah, in, exactly. In it's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> she hasn't done her hair. I know she didn't do anything to it. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> These white girls. I mean, you know what? We're all in the hustle together. Yeah. But there's definitely, like, a disproportionate level of discrimination that we face as women of color versus white women. Mm-hmm. Um it's like, oh my god, I've seen some white women just like waddle on stage and do nothing and like look angry. Mm. <laughs> and they still like make hella money. Like a whole crew of men will like roll up beside their stage show and like throw money on them because of white supremacy. You guys. <laughs> I'm like so shocked sometimes when I'm dancing and people walk up to the stage and I'm like, huh, you know what are you looking at right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, such imposter syndrome. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's really just... <laughs> I mean, for me specifically. But, um, yeah, and I'm... I don't know. I don't have any issues coming out to friends because I think everyone in our generation's like, pretty chill. And most of the people that I've talked to have been like, oh, cool, I have some friends who are dancing. Mm-hmm. Um and it's like not uncommon but I run with um, groups of people that I like and so generally people I like are likable you know oh yeah yes <laughs> um, like I probably wouldn't come out to everyone in our no. generation no I mean it's also like to be my friend like there's definitely like a, a level of like understanding and wokeness that I expect of my friend group and so like I don't have problems coming out to my friends because they tend to be like the most supportive mm-hmm. um well, I'm out to my cousin, and she was like, she just, I mean, because <laughs> um, her her sibling and also um, multiple un- people in her are, family are in sex work. Yeah, so, so she's like, okay, like okay, cool. That's yeah, what yeah. And I think, I mean, there is like some a some difference coming out of our generation because of the work of people like Cardi B Mm -hmm. and like Amber Rose who are like out there who were former strippers who have been very out about their lives and everything and and I think we see it also like in a lot of styling lately there's been like a real push toward like stripper fashion so that's been annoying me oh yeah it's so annoying and that's like a whole topic that's a whole thing yeah Yeah, it's a whole fucking thing but anyway, it's just just to say that, like, within our generation's cultural zeitgeist, the feelings toward sex workers and strippers in particular have been changing toward more tolerance. But I think still in the end, we face a lot of um, stigma and, and just, like, uh, exclusion whenever we're applying to 
for civilian jobs. I say civilian <laughs> because <laughs> being a sex worker is like kind of like being in a war zone in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like you're dealing with like just like a lot of of like trauma, stigma, and like intense situations. And there's just like if you're in it, you have one perspective, and if you're not in it, like you just there's really no way to understand certain things. Of course, this podcast is all about people getting to kind of know and understand from an insider perspective. But anyway, so we call people who are not in the uh, sex work community civvies. Oh. Yeah, civvies, civilians. Okay, is that standard? Yeah, it's like kind of common slang that we that people use. Yeah. Civvies. Civvies, That's yeah. cool. Okay. <laughs> um... um so let's do like one more question during this current episode. One more Q and A, or well, I feel like we're this is the end of the episode. Well, we have like fifteen minutes. Oh, okay, okay. And then we're gonna do the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry guys, I didn't mean to um, ruin the surprise. But we're recording two episodes today because we work so hard. <laughs> um, so. I have this question that is, uh, how do you deal with hostility from girls in the club when you are a non-confrontational person who just wants to be nice? How do you deal when they purposely provoke you because they're jealous? I've been working in more urban clubs lately. Urban clubs means like black clubs or big booty clubs, generally, for those of you who don't understand the um, coded language. And it's been a lot more than I expected. I'm a baby stripper, meaning I've been doing this for less than a year now compared to women who have been doing it for five to ten years. The other dancers have built up a toughness, and I just don't have it. And I'm not trying to set nobody off or get into a fight either because I just don't operate like that. But I'm not trying to be a weak little bitch either. Oh, my God. Help. LOL. That's in parentheses. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So... It's really complicated whenever you're in a hostile club. My first suggestion is to get out of that club because there's so many. It's like the best thing about this job. Well, one of the best things aside from like the pay grade level is like that you have an incredible level of flexibility and agency in where you work and when you work and with whom you work. Mm -hmm. So I'd say start off by considering maybe it's time to change clubs if you really like your club if you like everybody but you just start getting into fights with this one person you're gonna have to talk to them you're gonna have to like have one of those like what's your problem moments and hopefully it won't lead to a fight another way is like you can talk to your managers about it be like this person is starting shit with me and it's I don't like it and I need some help Um, If you have a decent manager, they will step in and help you out. Um, Definitely, girls get really jealous. Like, I've had... Oh, man, I've had, like, a couple of, like, fucked experiences. And I guess it's not necessarily jealousy in this instance, but it was, like... So there's this one girl at my... At an old club, and she always was wearing a jeweled butt plug. If you haven't been in the strip club world, like strippers are all wearing jeweled butt plugs lately like it's just a trend right now i still haven't seen this yet really well yeah. it's kind of like all over like there's definitely like at least five girls who rock the butt plugs at our club 
and um it's like cool it's like another way of like body adornment and also like if you're a tiny girl and you don't like have a huge ass it's kind of like a special little like secret bling thing to draw attention to your little booty (laughs) whatever whatever and that's i mean it's just like fun so this girl was like so i got myself a jeweled butt plug and i was really excited about it and i like put it in and whatnot and was wearing it at work and then she came up to me and she was like um you can't be wearing that jeweled butt plug because it's my thing it's kind of my thing i've been working at this club for a while now and like everybody knows that that's my thing so you're gonna have to not do that because i don't want to start anything with you okay like (laughs) damn like did you make the fucking jeweled butt plug are you like the corporation owner and fabricator of fucking jeweled butt plugs did you fucking christopher columbus (laughs) the jeweled butt plug Uh, and i but i but me i'm a nice non-confrontational person (laughs) like i really had no beef with this girl like i thought she was really fucking hot i liked her I like the way she danced and shit like that. Like, I didn't, didn't want to fight with her. And and so eventually, like, we talked it out and we came to, like, a consensus that, okay, like, I can wear the jewel butt plug whenever you're not working. And whenever you're working, I won't wear it, whatever. And in the end, like, the, the real shit is that, like, I didn't want to wear it after a while because it... There, it, it's, there's some some real issues that come up whenever you're wearing a butt plug, like real logistical things. One is like the general mild discomfort of like feeling a butt plug in your ass. It's like it's it's kind of there and it almost feels like a little bit like you're about to take a shit. Mm-hmm. And that's just like a feeling that you have to deal with. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. And so another thing is like it, when I'm dancing, like sometimes I'll like flex all of my... Um, <laughs> abdominal muscles and my pelvic floor muscles and my anal muscles and like I'm afraid it's just gonna like fucking shoot out (laughs) and like it totally could you know like if I'm doing something where like my whole body is like tight sucked in um yeah you gotta be so relaxed for that you really gotta be like well a level of relaxed but also like your butthole needs to be like kind of tight for it Mm -hmm. and then the other thing is like um so if it ever did pop out it's just gonna like unleash a whole like wafting poopy order yeah (laughs) like even if you do like proper like anal enema shit like it's it's just like your butthole's gonna smell like a butthole like like any given time like it's just how bodies are like your butthole is made for pooping so it's just like one of those hazards the last thing is that if i'm doing like a dance on somebody um it could like the flanged end of it like the external part that you see like the little jewel it can catch on somebody's pants it catches on like somebody's like uh belt buckle or the top of their pants or belt loops or whatever like and i have had it like get kind of like wound up in somebody's pants and i had to like really like gingerly undo it oh i'll add one more thing one more reason why i don't like having a jeweled butt plug in for the most part it's also like when you're dancing on somebody it's just like this hard object (laughs) like butts are soft and people Mm -hmm. like butts because they're soft but like whenever you have like this like big metal thing and you're like grinding against somebody it just seems like unpleasant like let me just like put this like hard metal object and like grind on you on your nethers like it's just so anyway like i just i personally stopped using it so to get back to your problem um another thing that you can do is like start shit 
<laughs> yeah, you could. You could start shit. You could. If you're um, prepared for that. If you're prepared for I that, mean, but if you're you should have one. like a team. If you're the new one, then they might all group with the older. Yeah, I mean, you gotta like figure out your battle, and then also like if you report this person for like starting shit, um, you really gotta win with money. You gotta like be the baddest bitch there mm-hmm. and make sure that they value you more than they value them because of your monetary input. So hustle harder, be better, be the baddest. But really, I feel like if you're working at a club that's pretty, I don't know, full of veteran dancers and you're a baby, I mean, it's kind of nicer to start as a baby at a club with more babies, honestly. Like, I don't know how... I guess. I mean, I think also, like, it's nice to have veterans there because you, like, can learn from them. And a lot of times they're out there, like, giving you really useful tips and they'll help you dance. And they'll, like, give you, like, they'll teach you how to dance whenever there's downtime. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's just, like, going to... It's going to vary. And I think, like, it can be good to start with other new girls. But it's just, um, you know, feel you should shop around for your club and there's going to be different money all over the place you may need to travel a little bit more but it may be worth your time in the end to have like a work environment where you aren't stressed because stress really can reduce your productivity and your input dealing with when people purposely provoke you because they're jealous though i think specifically um you can't do anything about another person's feelings yeah but you can do things like stay away from them yeah. Until they kind of get over themselves. Because I think a lot of it is probably them just not being used to you yet. And just being kind of like, is this person stepping in on my turf? Yeah. And I think also because of the way that a lot of clubs are, where they just like endlessly hire a million and one new dancers. And that like creates like additional like monetary pressure for the, the dancers who have been there for a while. It's just like just kind of unfair and you get you it creates this like rivalry mm-hmm. because like there's only so many customers sometimes it depends on the club yeah. but i mean like whenever you're fighting for very little it just like causes additional tensions it's kind of like crabs in a barrel type situation so a lot of times it's just like the environment that the club breeds rather than perhaps this person wanting to have a grudge against you yeah and of course like that's kind of beyond your control but it's something to note and like realize not to take it personally i think it's not weak to walk away from conflict it is definitely not weak to walk away from conflict it's definitely like you you need to just prioritize yourself yeah yeah whatever you need and i had some girls that were kind of like I don't know they were kind of jealous of me at my old club and I just mm, I didn't talk to them and I just stayed away from them and I didn't yeah same I just didn't talk to people like like if they talked to me I would just treat them politely yeah and I think that eventually it became less tense and they were just like oh okay like whatever it doesn't matter yeah I mean it's like it's just it's a co-worker relationship and like you really don't want to fight with your coworkers because you could be spending that time making money and that energy making money and that's like the real the real thing the biggest thing is just don't talk shit about them to other people and don't i mean like i feel as though just keep the friction to a minimum because it'll eventually die yeah that's true okay so we're going to do an ad I'm going to present an ad to you guys. 
you guys consider supporting us um so we can have actual sponsors so we can have actual sponsors um if you want to support me via patreon uh, you can follow me at the real pretty boy girl um follow me on instagram at pretty boy girl um please contribute because each of these episodes costs like a hundred dollars to produce so uh any help would be fucking amazing and um you know if you like the content spread the word repost listen put it on repeat on your spotify so you can up my listens um just you know like do all do all that nice stuff for me comment comment on it rate it share it do all of it okay and now a word from our non-existent sponsors there will never be another day like today and tomorrow will be over before you know it who wouldn't want to savor each day that's why you need a monthly calendar That's right. Now you can lay out your plans for an entire month instead of keeping a million sticky notes in your pockets. Imagine a calendar on your wall. How many meetings will you attend on time? How many birthdays will you not miss? How many times will you look at your brand new calendar and think, boy, am I smart? Order your monthly calendar today and we'll send you a second monthly calendar for free. That's right. Two for the price of one. Keep it, gift it, Use it for kindling. So many possibilities, but you must call now. And um, we're <laughs> and, back. We're, and um, we're back. Actually, we're not back. We're saying bye. We're saying goodbye to you guys. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in. You are amazing. Uh, tune in next week on Thursday for another episode of Ho in the Know. It's nice to know you. It's nice to know you and the Ho knows. Bye. <laughs> bye. More money, I want your money, I want more money, 